Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, food followers everywhere. Welcome to episode 61 of the Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast with your host, Ben Johnson. That is me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. The Kung Fu Movie Guide podcast is now in its fifth season. We talk to people around the world about their involvement in martial arts movies, whether it be actors, directors, stunt performers, fight choreographers and stunt coordinators. We release new episodes every two weeks on a Monday. Make sure you subscribe to the show using your podcast provider to ensure that you never miss a brand new episode. By subscribing to the show, you will also be able to access our KFMG pod archive, which is full of my previous conversations with some truly amazing guests recorded over the years. You can keep up to date with the Kung Fu Movie Guide by following us on social media. We are on Twitter at KF Movie Guide. We are also on Instagram and Facebook. If you are interested in supporting the show, you can donate via PayPal. Head to paypal.me forward slash Kung Fu Movie Guide. All donations are greatly received and do go a very long way to helping us to continue to provide content for you all. Visit KungFuMovieGuide.com for all the social media links, donation options, contact information and to sign up to our monthly newsletter. You can also read all the latest martial arts movie reviews via the website. And if you do want to get in touch with the show or me directly, then we do have the email address. The email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. Okay, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show, which features my conversation with the great martial artist stunt coordinator, and fight choreographer Larnell Stovall. So, without any further ado, let's get on with the show. Here we go. Well, if you're really so determined to have a fight, then I'll oblige. (laughs) Hello, hello, hello there, Foo followers around the world. Welcome, welcome one and all to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out this episode. We are on Season 5, Episode 61. And we are creeping towards the end, actually, of Season 5 now. It has been an absolute pleasure, as always, getting all these episodes recorded and shared with you all. Despite this year being, of course, a very strange and challenging time for a lot of us and of course it does continue to be so so i do hope that wherever you are listening to this i hope you are staying safe and keeping well and you are looking after yourself and each other we do have another absolute legend of the fight world on the show today it was my pleasure to be able to spend a bit of time over zoom with the great fight choreographer, martial artist, stunt coordinator 
and now director, Larnell Stovall. Larnell's work speaks for itself. He's part of the 8711 action design team and has been a key member now for a number of years. He has been involved in some of the best fight films of the last decade or so, whether that be his work with Scott Adkins in Undisputed 3 and Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning. Or, of course, his work with Michael Jai White. He's worked with Mike on films including Falcon Rising, and he's done both of Mike's Never Back Down sequels. Larnell did Dragon Eyes, the John Himes film with Kung Lee. He's done Max Steel, Kickboxer Vengeance, Creed. He worked on Ride Along with Ice Cube and Kevin Hart. He's also done a lot of work out in India, including the blockbuster hit Sultan, which he picked up the equivalent of an Oscar in India for Best Action. More recently, of course, you probably know Larnell's work from his huge Netflix shows, Altered Carbon, big, big show, that one, and Titans, of course, from the DC Universe. Titans is now entering its third season for Netflix. Larnell has just started work on season three of Titans out in Canada. The show has been great for Larnell. It's allowed him to move into an area which he really wants to get more into, and that is directing. So I am sure we will be hearing a lot more from Larnell over the years. And I personally cannot wait to see what Larnell does come up with in the future. I just love his fight choreography and his action design. He's got a very distinctive style, I would say. And it's one that I'm very much a fan of. So this was great to chat to Larnell. I will throw over to that in a moment. Before I do, just a quick note on our previous episode. We had some uh, great feedback from you all on the Rocky Taylor episode. Rocky Taylor is 75 years young and he is referred to as Britain's oldest stuntman in that he's very much still active in the stunt world. And his most recent work actually is on the Batman film with Robert Pattinson. And of course, his first film role was teaching judo to Cliff Richard in the 1961 film The Young Ones. Rocky has had an extraordinary career in the stunt world it's been full of ups and downs and it was really great to really explore his life and career on that episode so that is episode 60 of the kung fu movie guide podcast richard hawes on twitter wrote this is one of the best episodes yet thank you so much richard that's very kind it certainly was great to be able to sit down and record that episode in person with Rocky earlier in the year. If you did miss that conversation, don't worry. It is available now wherever it is that you get your podcasts. One other bit of news. I have been enjoying going back to the cinema, actually, over the last couple of weeks. And it is, of course, quite a different experience. Uh, if you have been back to the cinema, having to wear a mask and go through all the necessary precautions to make sure that it is covid secure i've seen two movies now on the big screen and that's the first time i've been to the cinema since the lockdown started and i have to say that both experiences have very much just reminded me how much film and particularly action cinema is improved by watching it really loud and really large on the biggest screen possible there are some things that the small screen just can't capture as well. And I think if you do get the opportunity to see action movies on the big screen, then you should definitely 
go out and try and do that. Obviously, making sure that you feel as safe as possible. I have to say the screenings I've been to, I've felt very assured uh, and protected while watching those films. I saw the film Tenet, which I really enjoyed, although I will need to go back and see it again. I didn't fully understand it the first time, but it is a great movie. And last week I met up with Mike Fury, friend of the show Mike Fury, of course the author of Life of Action, Volumes 1 and 2. Mike and I caught the international IMAX premiere of the Chinese war film The 800, and what an intense and heart-racing experience that was, particularly on the IMAX. I mean, it's the sort of action movie that you just feel exhausted afterwards. It did remind me, actually, of exactly what's I'd been missing out on from that big screen experience uh, over the last six months or so. So the 800, I should say, is out now in selected cinemas here in the UK, courtesy of Cine Asia. Do let me know your thoughts. You can always email me and contact the show via the email address. The email address is hello at kungfumovieguide.com. You can, of course, just drop us a message over social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. OK, that's just about it from me for now. Larnell Stovall is also all over social media and I will be sure to put links to his Instagram, his Twitter and his Facebook in the podcast description. You can also access those links via this episode's page on our website, kungfumovieguide.com. I will now throw over to my conversation with Larnell. I do hope you enjoy this chat we had. There is a little bit of swearing in this conversation, so just a quick warning about that. If that bothers you, then you have been pre-warned. I will be back, of course, at the very end for my usual sign-off. But until then, I will now throw over to my conversation with the awesome martial artist, stunt coordinator and fight choreographer, Larnell Stovall. film titans in toronto yes i do congratulations i saw this uh, third season of that on the way you, you yeah. must be pretty excited about that yeah yeah we have a lot of great things coming up this season but uh, as of right now i think i speak for many people just actually happy to get back to work and uh under yeah. all these new conditions you know just gonna do the best we can so talk me through this i mean how on earth first of all can you film a fight scene in this new working conditions right now well, I mean, well, for one, everybody's going to be tested uh, constantly. And um, once those cameras roll, it's almost in a sense of the same thing. We have to do our jobs. If it's a fight scene, people will have to come in contact with each other. I mean, you can uh, try to create scenarios where if you have people with powers, yes, you can do things at a distance. You can do wild work. Um you know, you can do gun shootouts, you know, parkour, yeah. chases, you know, car things. So, yes, you can do stunty, stunty stuff. And um, obviously you have to interact with the leads as few times as possible. So uh, other than that, you got to have proper rehearsals and just uh, make sure everything is efficient beforehand to prevent as much or should I say less interaction 
you know, on a day outside of key principal people, such as maybe the stunt double, the person, the person's fighting, you know, yeah. so everything's a little minimalized, but once those cameras roll, if it's a kick, a punch, a sauchi, a judo throw, whatever the case is, it's going to happen. Yeah, good. Because <laughs> I was having this thought that maybe next year or, you know, however long this goes on for, we're going to actually see a reduction in those great sort of physical fight scenes that you see. We're just going to end up seeing a lot of shootouts, a lot of car chases, things that are just easier to film. Do you think that might happen? Well, some people would probably do that in the beginning. Now, look, TV is different because TV has a chance to change things up episode by episode. And then also with scripts being written ahead of time well before you film them, there's a chance to decide uh, what action is best that we want to display for this episode with respect to COVID and the actor's safety, but also the fan base on what they expect from us. We're a fight show. You know, yeah. uh, we, we hang our hats on fights. We have no problem saying we're a fight show because our our key principal characters, they're physical people, you know. Yeah. So uh, we're not going to run away from that. We're not going to try to avoid it. I mean, I'll look for whatever opportunity I can to slam somebody, throw somebody, do something, you know. But there's nothing wrong with a little variety after a while, you know, whether it's yeah. long-distance weapons, a, a chase, a shootout. So. You know, we may incorporate those more this season, but it won't be at the expense of avoiding what we've built our base on. Is this sort of the dream gig for you at the moment? Obviously, it's taking up a lot of your time. You've relocated as a result of Titan. So are you in a good place right now with this show? You're in, you're enjoying what you're doing? Yeah, I love it. Uh, here's why. Because, I mean, it is the sh- first show that's given me my uh, biggest opportunity to main unit direct. Uh, I directed yeah. an episode last season, uh, episode 12. And uh, it was a great experience. But, uh, you know, I feel like all the other things I've done have geared me up for this opportunity, you know. And uh, like Alter Carbon was one of my first times doing uh, second unit directing on such a huge show. I've done it before, but it just the magnitude of it kind of gives you the confidence to maybe take even that next step. Because, you know, on second unit, sometimes there will be dialogue before the fight scene. Yeah, uh, you may be responsible to getting that accomplished as well. So it doesn't feel any different than directing, directing, because there's emotion, there's pacing, there's discussions of what the character should be thinking and doing, which leads to things like Titans. When you was given that opportunity, he's like, well, it feels like I've been kind of practicing this for a few years. Yeah. now. It's just now the title's official. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, it's, look, it's a great show. We have great actors. We have a great support system. We have awesome producers. And they all want to do their best just to make sure we deliver a good product. Uh, I don't control the writing, you know, because at times, you know, a lot of fans, they're unhappy here and there at times with some character arcs, direction, consistency, different things. You know, I do the best I can concerning the action to make sure some of the action makes sense. But if the story precedes the action, then there's only so much I can do because the story puts the character in a certain situation. And I have to find a way to make you know, the situation work out physical-wise, regardless if, uh, you know, people may disagree with how the character got in that situation to begin with. So, but other than that, overall, I am happy. It is a a great show to be a part of. And uh, it's a great family. You must have really just jumped in and seized that opportunity to step into directing. I'm guessing it's something that I now will be seeing more of. Yeah, yeah. It's, in fact, you know, that's the path I'm probably moving forward uh, after yeah. Titans and uh, 
that's it for me after that concerning, you know, any type of possible stunt coordinating. There could be some second unit directing on some stuff in the future in between directing jobs. But uh, right now, I'm really geared towards directing. In fact, I believe this season I'll be directing two episodes. Great. So, so looking forward yeah. to that and, uh, you know, good times again. But, yeah, it's been a while coming, but, you know, I haven't rushed it. Um, I didn't want to just say, hey, I know I'm ready. Give me an opportunity because, you know, nothing's truly given. You earn it or you create opportunities for yourself. And yeah. I feel like I've done that by just being patient and doing sometimes the small projects, sometimes the big projects. But a lot of those times, the trust and the relationships that's developed with those producers, they allow me to express myself with the actors where I'm not just, uh, hey, how do I punch? How do I kick? What's the throw? Yeah. It's more, hey, what are you thinking story-wise, character-wise that I should do in this moment? And, um, you know, it allows me to express myself in the freedom outside of just kicks and punches. So yeah. it's been a while coming, but, you know, to get that, that official go, yeah, it's, it's definitely an awesome feeling. And you're like, wait a second okay, is this what I'm ready for? And the next thing you know, you're just in it and you're doing it and you, yeah. you gain confidence each day. Yeah. You know? It's like uh, when we started filming it, I felt better each day that we were filming and you gain more confidence and you feel yourself in your different rhythm because the actors, they're now looking at you in a different title. You know, yeah. I'm not just yeah. stepping on set when it's time to kick ass. It's like, okay, Larnell, what am I doing? What do I <laughs> say? What's the camera direction? What, what's my pacing of this? What are you thinking? And it's like, okay. What's your approach as a director? Would you well, say? Well, so? my approach is always story first. It's always yeah. context of character. Where are we heading? And with a TV series being there from the beginning, you kind of have a gist of you know what people's strengths and weaknesses are, of what feels better for this scene who can go off the page and create something that's not there. So I'm always open to those things. And then some people who might've been held back, I would say, nah, cut loose, go for it. You know, yeah. and that way they, they feel, you know, some new life within the character because, you know, TV can sometimes be a machine. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes you gotta not necessarily break the machine, but you gotta shift things and uh, break things up every now and then to give people some surprises if you can. But uh, yeah. as a director myself, look, I just want to have the best experience, tell great stories, you know, um, take what these amazing writers write and think of different ways to express it, you know, yeah. that wasn't on the page. You come from a great pedigree there of stunt coordinators working closely, obviously, within 8711. You've mm-hmm. seen the path that, you know, Chad's taken, Dave's taken, mm-hmm. Sam Hargrave as well with uh, Extraction, taking, yep. making his move into directing. You've got a lot of pals there to sort of bounce ideas off. Yeah. Do they give you advice and tips on, on that sort of thing? Well, we all have our own different paths. Uh, everybody's yeah. in uh, different directions, you know, lives far from each other. And obviously, you know, social media, internet, et cetera, we can always just contact each other for some advice here and there. But mm-hmm. for the most part, um, I only see chat every now and then. Everybody else is kind of just spread out right now. And yeah. uh, usually their, um, their advice to me simply is by their examples, you know, because I know Chad and Dave, they've been at it for a while. Um, yeah with second unit directing, with creating our own shorts, with telling us to create our own shorts, express our own stories, practice, practice before you're ever given an opportunity and being mm-hmm. trusted with millions of dollars. And yeah. now your reputation's on the line. Sam earned his way through the ranks from, you know, from a stunt guy to fight coordinating himself to stunt coordinating to second unit directing. So he rose up the ranks the same way I did, which is, mm-hmm step by step by step but each step you develop relationships 
you develop, ex uh, you learn, you get a lot of experience in this as well. So by the time someone does hand you that mantle, you've kind of been there a little already. It's just now yeah. once again, the title has changed. And uh, yeah, he knocked it out the park with Extraction. Yeah. You know, Chad is killing with the John Wick franchise. Dave is everywhere, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I mean, every time you look around, Dave's got something going on, yeah. which is great. And he's going into so many different facets with different actors, you know, from, you know, the Deadpool, the Hobbs and Shaw, Atomic Blonde. So uh, now if I'm correct, he's got something with Brad Pitt coming up, you know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, I, he's got I, a real, and it's not a similar style. Everyone's got their own style. Has, yeah, yeah. They got their own style. Great. Yeah, they got their yeah. own style. You know, I know Chad's involved with a lot of things, too, producing, yeah. even though, We've been seeing uh, from a directing capacity of uh, the John Wicks, you know, but I know he's involved in, in many different things, you know, yeah. just cranking them out, man. <laughs> you know, so it gives me, you know, uh, hope it, it inspires as well to just, you know, also make right decisions. You know, I'm in the middle yeah. of a few things that I, I can't discuss, but. You know, I also want to be very careful. What's my first thing I put my name on to? Concerning of course. You know, yeah. You know, TV is different because here's why. No one knows you directed TV unless you say it. Yeah. 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 Think about it. You watch many episodes of TV, whether it's Lucifer, you know, whether it's The Boys, whether it's Umbrella Academy, you know, shows you might be a fan of. You yeah. have no clue who directed them. You just, sure. watch, you just watch them. Yeah. You know, so TV's a, a, a place where you're kind of protected, you know, concerning yeah. your growth, uh, what you do, because it's a machine. But it's yeah. a very nice machine to be involved in because while you're gaining all that experience, you can be in development on your first movie. And Larnell, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, asking to give any secrets away here, but you've got projects in mind, feature film projects that you'd, you're looking into? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. a few. Okay. I have a few. Um, most of them all original stuff. I was up to yeah. something recently um, that went another direction, but it was fine because, you know, I enjoy the pitch, the pitch process now. I'm enjoying networking with producers, them seeing me outside of a stunt coordinator, you know, and that one episode of Titans really opened up that door to yeah. show that, hey, we're much more than stunt coordinators or action directors. We can express and uh, tell great stories as well. And uh, for me, I, I like to do everything. You know, I want to look into comedy, drama, horror, action horror, you know. So um, if someone gave me the choice between, you know, my own type of John Wick or Hobbs and Shaw, I might go the opposite direction and look at yeah. this comedy, you know, that like a Will Ferrell comedy or something. You wouldn't see that coming, you know, yeah. because for me, I think that makes me more valuable and much more versatile in what projects may come my way. You know, but I won't run for my strength. And sometimes yeah. it's better to knock it out the park based off of where you're viewed and respected the most first before you take chances. But then, you know, you might have a Jordan Peele inside you where it's like, wait a second, this was a cool yeah. horror project. Wait, who's behind this? Oh, wait. You know, so and would you be concerned then, Larnell, if you went down a certain path, say if you went down an action path, and then you you're labeled then as a you know, you're the action movie guy. Are you concerned at all about that, about maybe being pigeonholed? No, not at all. Look, it's it's part of my life. It's been who I am all my life, whether it's just from martial arts, into stunts, into uh, coordinating, choreographing, now directing. If I knocked out two good projects back to back with action, I would definitely be careful of where I would head after that. Yeah. So that way I can say, hey, look at where you are. Look at the connections you've made. And yes, you might have script after script or pilots, TV shows coming at you that strictly 
a focus in the action world. But if there's a horror project or a comedy project, I might push for those just as hard as well, you know. Yeah. But you also have to be creative and say, okay, well, if I want to I can do comedy. Well, let me go shoot a little five-minute comedy short just to show, hey, I, I understand how to work that muscle too. Or if I yeah. want to do horror, do I need to do a quick test shoot right quick to show I really want this project? Here's my take on it. Here's my proof of concept, you know. Yeah. So that's things directors have to do sometimes coming up in the ranks. It's like yeah. either you take my word for it or I visually show you and here's a sample. Now let's move forward and start talking what projects you think I'll be good for. There has been a shift in how stunt coordinators fight choreographers, uh, how seriously they're being taken within the you know the film industry. Is that true? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, I think it's very fair to say, you know, yeah. um, because, look, you got to understand um, their process for John Wick, and I'm sure Dave told his story online, so it's no big secret. Um, it wasn't easy, you know, even with all the producers, connections, studios, they've made billions of dollars for a concern in delivering high quality action, whether it's through 87, whether it's through individuals as stunt coordinators. Um, it's not, oh, here's the keys to your own action vehicle. We trust you. Go do your thing. You mm -hmm. know, so it takes show and prove. Also, it takes box office numbers. And once that yeah. happens, then people are willing to listen more and those walls are broken down on how they view you. Then after that, once you do it again, then another studio may go, well, you know what? Maybe there's something to these stunt coordinators or action directors. And uh, let's see what we have. Well, let's see, you know, if we're going to start taking some pitches from some people because we want our own John Wick. We want our own et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So yeah. it, it, it's, just, it's, um, it's like trial and error. And yeah. obviously you wait and see, but now that you're on the third sequel, <laughs> now that you've seen Dave knock it out the park with Deadpool and multiple other projects, you know, there's something there. And then now Sam then stepped up to the plate and killed it with extraction. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure studios are listening. And that's why we have to be ready. We got to tell great stories, too, and deliver. Yeah. You know, regardless if the action part is what we're confident in, the audience has to watch the story and make sure they care about these characters. So and we have to deliver that. So yeah. the doors are open. Very grateful for the guys that have stepped up. But those that are be coming behind those guys, I think more pressure is there because mm. the bar is set high. The expectations are set high. And if the studio is going to put their bucks and trust behind you by saying, well, this guy knows great action, this guy can deliver, we need to keep him in that realm or hope that he can deliver the same way these other guys have too. So, yes, um, yeah. very grateful for the path they set for everybody. Now let's walk through and kick ass. Ha! Ha! Hey! Ha! Kong, the king treated you well. Why do you betray him? What do you want? What's your earliest memories then of, of martial arts? I mean, it was karate, wasn't it? Is that your that's your yes, background? Yes, that yeah. was my earliest uh, introduction to martial arts in me studying. You know, obviously, you know, uh, like some of us in our childhoods, we watched all the kung fu movies and you yep. know, watching Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Donnie Yen, you yep. know, Jet Li, etc. That was my exposure. You know, back then. Next thing I know, in uh, early high school, I uh, decided to join this karate school that was in the local mall, you know, and uh, had no clue about their reputation, you know, and th things like that because, you know, online stuff and uh, internet was still, you know, new. So it was word of mouth. But once yeah, I, I mean, this is the, we're talking late uh, 80s, 90s, yeah, early 90s yeah, here? Yeah, late, yeah. Late 80s. I believe I started in 88, 89, somewhere yeah. in that range. 
and the rest was history. You were a competition fighter, but for quite a while. I mean, that was your, uh, you know, life for a while, wasn't it? Was was competing? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Ah, man, I used to live, eat, breathe, and sleep competition. Yeah. Uh, I think I competed for maybe, oof, um, I think I started competing in 90, even yet as like a, a yellow belt, you know, whatever. I just wanted that experience of competition. I enjoyed it. Definitely gives you a lot of confidence and growth when you have to step out, perform in front of an audience watching you. It's all you. Sometimes you break, sometimes you crack, sometimes you deliver and you step outside yourself. You don't even know what you've done. Did you have academic aspirations? Was there a profession potentially that you were looking to go into or were you just like martial arts is my thing? That's my life. And that's I'm going to dedicate myself to that. Actually, no. Um, The funny part is um, martial arts was a hobby. You know, uh, I didn't know where it was going to lead me in life because growing up in New Orleans, you know, and traveling, look, I enjoy seeing the world. And um, I didn't know exactly which direction I was going to head. And I kind of went with the flow at times, just focused on trying to have a good job, you know, get into college. And, you know, once I got into college, you know, I went with the traditional system. You think you're going to go your five years of college, maybe four, depending on what field you go into. You know, I thought I was going to go into business law and be some type of entertainment lawyer or you know, prosecute or something or whatever the case. I, I, I had different ideas of what I thought I was going to hit, but uh, martial arts was such a huge part of my life that it, it influenced decisions, you know, mm. and, and uh, here we go. I remember seeing a movie called Blade. And yeah, once I saw Blade, I was like, yep, that's what I want to do. This was a light bulb moment for you, wasn't it, Lionel, seeing yeah, that big, movie? Big time, yeah. because, you know, I knew um, as much as I enjoyed competition, I knew I couldn't just, I didn't want to be the, one of those guys competing into my 40s and 50s. You know, mm. I, was, I was still in my 20s at that time, but, you know, competing ever since, like, I guess, 13, 14 years old, and now being around mid-20s, you know, you feel like you're at a, a decision to say, okay, what's next? You know, uh, let's discover um, new things or see what path we're going to head on. And once I saw Blade, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's not that I wanted to be Wesley Snipes, but I wanted to be the yeah. guy who Wesley was fighting. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Which, which was stunts. You know? Yeah. And, uh, from there, I did my research, reached out to the fight choreographer, Chuck Jeffries. We went back and forth a few times. I mailed him a VHS tape of me in competition, me freestyling, uh, with what tricks and moves I was doing. He thought I had a lot of potential. And, um, invited me to come out to L.A. for possibly Blade 2 to help out. And uh, long story short, uh, he didn't do Blade 2. Something didn't work out. But I still went to L.A. And from there, uh, stayed by Buddy's house and stayed on the path. Have you worked with Wesley? Have I worked with Wesley? Let's see. Let's see. That's what's funny. Uh, Come on, come on. I know you're going to go through because you've worked with pretty much everyone so uh yeah, yeah, I, i'm really trying i to know that you you know him don't you i know i was wondering him. if you told yeah. him that story here's what's funny i played pool with wesley <laughs> that's what's yeah. funny you know um but i i kept that i kept in my distance because you know it was one of my first times um meeting him in like a just a chill atmosphere through a buddy yeah. and uh you know i didn't want to hustle him so to speak with my story and why i'm here and who i am uh, yeah I wanted my work to speak for itself at some point. And then hopefully at some point, if uh, the stars align and there's something there and I can do something with him, you know, that'll be awesome to say, hey, man, I'm, pro- I'm probably here because of you, to be honest. Yeah. Your work on Blade and what you've done, 
you know, inspired me to the point of quitting my job where I was, which was very comfortable, you know, had a great job and was doing well financially and things seemed like it was just going to be on that path. And then bam, here I am on a Greyhound bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. You got yeah. the Greyhound. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, no, I don't believe we've truly worked together. We have so many friends in common. We bumped into each other a bunch of times. Um, I probably feel familiar to him, you know, um, yeah. through buddies who, who talked about it, my work to him. But yeah, but look, there is some things in my head I would love Wesley for, you know, it's just about timing and if it works out. Now concerning my confidence in this, it was definitely a huge learning curve, man, because yeah. you start thinking I'm young, I'm, I'm in shape, I can do this. I, oh man, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go get this. And yeah, stand in line next to the other 30 people who are mm. waiting for that one opportunity you're looking for too. I've got the one written down here as one of your like really early roles. Is that is is that right? That's oh, the Jet Li film. I, I almost wouldn't count that because okay. that, that was an interesting uh, hustle for me, you know, yeah. to be on that set, be thrown in, in, in that type of atmosphere. But yeah, it was probably my first um, real experiences being on set around a bunch of veterans, obviously being around Jet Li, you know, being yeah. uh, near him. But it led to another weird story that I might tell at some point. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, at some point I might reveal that, which is so interesting because I was scheduled to have a one-on-one -on -one fight scene with Jet Li in Cradle to the Grave. You know, oh, wow. so, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I'm not going to tell that story just yet on how that went south. But <laughs> the one is the one is where Corey Yuan. Yeah, Corey Yuan was yeah. in that one. Yeah. 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 He actually was able to see me move my size and what I could do for my size. Because, you know, back then, you know, I was what I guess you would call like, uh, it's hard for me to say this, but I guess lean muscular or, yeah. you know, built to the point where it shouldn't look like I should be able to do a 720, 540 jackknife or any of those things. But that's sure. what I was able to pull off, you yeah. know, and it, and it was impressive, I guess, to them because, you know, you didn't have any black guys throwing tricks then, much less black guys with muscle, you know. Sure. So that kind of became my little niche, even though I still never really got my great fight scenes on film with throwing those kicks which is hilarious. You've done a bit of extras work, some stunt work, and then you had a meeting with Chad, I believe, who then brought you into the fold. What were the steps up to that meeting? <laughs> well, 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 here, uh, here's, here's what's funny. Um, so um, I was training with the team. You know, we would train oh, sometimes four or five days a week. You know, we were training a lot. And... Um, I wasn't an official member, you know, at that time. I was, sure. I, I was invited, I believe, by JJ, um, who told me to come to this place that trains. And this is after I worked with JJ a few times on some stuff where I was volunteering and he saw, you know, I guess me being creative in the fight aspect and creativity too. Invited me, I met Chad, and Chad said, cool, we work out on this, et cetera, et cetera. And this was before 8711 was the name. It was yeah. just a group of us training at this motion capture place off of Venice Boulevard, I believe. Um, sure. Yeah, I think there was a group called Smash Cut at that time, yep. you know, and uh, we were training on weekends, you know. And uh, from there, kept training, kept training. Uh, they got the new building. Uh, it, it became 87. Just still training with them. Um, no expectation. Just enjoyed 
Yeah. You're going there three, four times a week, learning from the best and uh, growing. And then uh, during that time, I um, wasn't working a lot at all. And to utilize my time more, instead of just training, hustling, dropping headshots, I created my own uh, character uh, called Steel. And then um, I got my- This is your short film, isn't it? Steel? Yes. 2007. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and you're, you, start, you started this. Yes. I had no choice yeah. because at that time- <laughs> Uh, well, here's why. I created it, and I knew I wanted it to be just a, a, a proof of concept, some type of self-expression sure. to hopefully go into something bigger. Because in my head, it was for Wesley Snipes or Michael Jai in my head. Yeah. That's yeah. where I said, I said, look, um, even though I knew Mike at the time, we weren't like close to where we are now. You know, yeah. where I call him like a big brother. He calls me little brother. We're really close and know each other. But at that time, I just knew of him in passing and other things like that. So I created a short, uh, didn't have no time to train actors to learn how to fight. For me, I'm like, eh, even if I suck at it, it's just a proof of concept. I kept thinking yeah. that. All right, cut to months later, it's finished. It premieres at different festivals, starts winning awards. And then I think Chad heard about it and we talked about it. And then JJ uh, called me one weekend and said, hey, bro, the boy's talking about you. I'm like, wait a second, what did I do? <laughs> you know, uh, but he was like, no, no, no. And I think the thing about letting you in, man, you know, he said, stand by, you know. And then a week later, um, I had a meeting and uh, came in, uh, sat there with Chad, Dave, and JJ. Um, they said they liked what I was doing. They said they liked the fact I was trying to step up as a leader on my own. And they saw that no matter what, I was one of the guys that kind of just um, without the resources, without the help, would find a way to make things happen. They said that's what they were looking for. Yeah. And, um, here we are. And uh, yeah. they, they threw me a script and basically said, don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and there, there's my big grand interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> I want that medal, or I'll take your life. <laughs> and what was the first one that you really led on then? Is it Bunraku? Is that is that the first one or Undisputed? I mean, they're, they're sort of same year, yeah. aren't they? So it probably <laughs> around the same time. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm probably going to lean more towards Undisputed because... Yeah. That was the one, even though Bunraku was on a higher scale uh, concerning budget, cast, we had A-listers, we had a good team. Yeah, you big know. cast. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was a great experience. And yes, I did learn a lot from that. But uh, I would say Undisputed was one of the first ones where I had to go out the country by myself, no team. 
yeah. you know, and just don't choreograph and choreograph and, you know, each day by myself, Sunday through Saturdays, you know, uh, catching up with Scott on weekends, constantly talking to Isaac, pulling actors out their room to go rehearsing grass at the apartments just to keep tweaking fights because everybody wanted it to be the best we could. And uh, yes, I was very grateful that Isaac, you know, trusted me so much and uh, this opportunity came about because JJ uh, was busy because he killed it in part two. But then for when part three came around, he was busy, I think, with Warrior, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, so JJ was supposed to do come back for the third one then? Oh, yeah, of course. You know, because yeah. Isaac's a very loyal person. And yeah, Scott, yeah. And then now that this was Scott's breakout opportunity, uh, you know, of course, they're going to they're gonna go to the guy that helped establish yeah. the look, the tone, the violence, the, the, the pace of uh, – how he moves and fights to see if he'll come back. But JJ was on to, you know, a much bigger project, but warrior, you know, and then uh, he trusted me, you know, by saying, Hey, I, he thought Larnell was good for this. Uh, one introduced me to Isaac. Um, I showed Isaac some of my choreography from different things I was doing, which wasn't much, but it was enough for him to go, okay, I definitely see why JJ recommended you. Yeah. We sat down, talked for a while. Next thing I know, I'm on a plane to Bulgaria a few weeks later. And, uh, yep, in, in, knee deep in it. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. If you're going to make a fight movie, I mean, how dedicated is Scott Adkins and Isaac with a karate background as well? These guys live and breathe the martial arts, don't they? When you landed, you must have known, oh, we're in pretty good hands on this movie. I'm not, I'm not completely on my own. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah. that, that was amazing for me because, you know, it's obviously nerve-wracking a little because Undisputed yeah. 2 was amazing, you know. It, yeah. it blew me away. I was like, wow, this is cool, you know. And then the idea that I had to come behind that for part three, it was like, okay, this is what you asked for. Let's go, yeah. you know. And I had a ton of ideas, but working with Scott, who can pull these ideas off, working with Isaac, a visionary director who knew how to film them and execute things right. And yeah. was always open for collaboration. It was like a dream come true, you know? Yeah. And yes, it was still hard work, but it didn't feel like work at times, you know, because, you know, it was just like, man, it's just like you with your boys and everybody yeah. just wants to put the best product on. You have these amazing martial artists. And then the casting stuff, you know, that to get me to, um, get Ilram out, to get Latif out, to get Esteban, and, you know, to secure Marco. So it was just like, man, this is great, you know, and people had no clue what we were doing or what we were up to. And, you know, yeah, part two was good, but I had a gut feeling part three was going to be amazing. And it felt like a much bigger, um, more expanded version of part two, which it was in scope. But concerning the level of intricacy and choreography and still keeping that uh, brutality, that was one of the first ones I think I kind of said, okay, I, I think I might be okay at this choreography thing. Let's let's keep it going. Scott's doing these art of action videos on YouTube at the moment, mm-hmm. and he yes. did one with Marco. And he said on there that his favorite choreographers, people that he works with, uh, JJ Perry and yourself. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was breaking down the fight scenes and saying, this is a typical Larnell move. I can't remember what the specific move was now. I think it was like a sort of elbow uh, to the stomach. Uh-huh. It's like a corkscrew elbow. Spin yeah, corkscrew elbow. yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So this is a typical Larnell move. I just wondered what, <laughs> do you recognize that? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's funny because when you say that, because that's actually one of the drill, one of the drills we do at 87 where 
is like spinning corkscrews and stuff, whether it's a back fist, a ridge hand chop or something or a weapon or whatever, is, is just to get the actor into a motion where it teaches them better balance. And sure. just at this point in time in the fight, I knew I wanted to save that move as a counter because that way it doesn't look flashy and unnecessary. It actually yeah. makes sense that the commitment was standing, but if you twist and go to a knee and you know hit it just right, then it's a counter. You know, yeah. so uh, yeah, I remember that move, and it, it was definitely something I saved because I wanted to put something out like that earlier and mix it with a, a kick combo. But I was like, you know what? Let's wait till later when the hero's coming back. And, yeah. and uh, now it builds momentum. How would you describe your style then? I'm still fooling around with what my signature is, to be honest, because I want to keep growing. I don't want to yeah. stay in one area because most people can be brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do brutal things. Slam somebody's head into a table, the piece chips off, and there's a piece of glass in someone's face, and then the actor kicks that piece into the face and it gets in bed further. That's yeah. me freestyling on me thinking about brutality. But yeah. as a person, you just visually was able to receive that and go, oh, shit, that is kind of brutal. Yeah, That's my thinking process. Take it a step further. Somebody else may just slam their head on the table, the glass might crack. Got it. I'm the guy that'll say, hey, can a piece of the glass embed in his jaw? And then we shove it in further. You know, is that pushing things too far? And there we go, no, no, we want that. Cool. Now yeah. I consistently try to keep that type of same surprise thing happening throughout it. And I just think it's just a matter of taking it a step further than just uh, kick, punch, kick, punch. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so for me, that's why I think directing is probably going to be fun for me because it's about telling stories. And I like telling stories through action, even if it's something that's not on the script. So, look, whether it's kung fu, whether it's, you know, MMA, whether it's um, for, or what I would call Hollywood dough now, which is just a mixture of styles. You know, um, my signature is just give people something they're going to remember because you can't get that time back. So let me make sure you enjoy what I have to present. Just touching on that hard hitting style, I think one of my favorite films of yours, well, and also Scott's, I think it's very underrated. Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning um, mm-hmm. is uh, just a fantastic film. And that fight scene with Andre Olovsky is just insane. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. What was that movie like to uh, to make? And working with John Himes as well must have yeah. been, must well, have been great. That, that one, I'll say this, man. Uh, I think that one's very underrated, man. Yeah, you know? absolutely look, it is. Look, good times. And um, I, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, at the end of the day, maybe it'll get reappreciated at some point. Yeah. But, um, for right now, man, look, I got the script and John Hines, I was very happy to work with him because, you know, I saw what he did with the previous Universal with uh, Van Damme and uh, Andre, and I was just very impressed because I know what it takes to bring that type of level of creativity to um, small budgets, which yeah. means that if someone gave you some money, man, what would this person really do? At the time, I happened to just be living back in um, Louisiana. Because uh, I was in L.A. I moved back home for a few years. Um, and it just happened to be in town. I yeah. happened to be there. And, and it was just perfect because the producers, you know, obviously it was a tax break place. They weren't, they didn't want to fly nobody in. And it, was, it just all worked out. Yeah. Um, 
through the process of creating on that look, it was a dream come true to get Dolph and Van Damme in that movie. And they must have been heroes of yours growing up, oh, surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, come on now. You know, the first Universal yeah. Soldier still stands. It's a classic. It's, it's a classic. Yeah, it yeah. is a classic, you know. Yeah. So um, what, what's hilarious about that is, you know, it wasn't nervous meeting them, but I love Dolph's approach, man. You know, uh, one of the very first times we uh, were in the gym with Scott, and um, I don't know if Dolph knew about me or whatever. You know, there's no reason for him to have to have known about me. Yeah. But when we ran a rehearsal and I had my guys there, and Dolph's like 6'3", if I'm correct, somewhere in that range. Sure. You know, so we ran a rehearsal, and Dolph looks at it, and he's like, well, that looks great for a guy who's only 5'6", five, 5'7", five, you know. <laughs> and I understood where he was coming from because yeah. some of the motions might have seemed a little fast or might have seemed like it was more for somebody with a smaller compressed body and speed or whatever. Yeah. But – I was like, okay, sir, well, here's what we can do. You know, why don't you, uh, let's take it section by section. Then I'll make adjustments, okay? And then uh, with each section, I adjusted it for his height, his length, his movement, his, you know. And then when he finished it, he was like, this is a good fight. I like it. So that was like a a cool little approval. But then I knew the nod of approval was, we said, hey, what style are you? I was like, karate. He was like, ah, what degree? I was like, yeah, I don't really talk about it, but, you know, fourth degree. So, you know, he's like, ah, let's spar. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. so, needless to say, me and Dolph, we started sparring. He wanted me to kick him, wanted he kicked me. Oh, wow. And I was like, a, a, like a, a, I guess a us. So, okay, I like you, kid. You know, so, yeah. and I'm, I'm sitting up here like, wait a second, I'm sparring with Drago right now. This is insane, <laughs> you know, because I don't geek out much, but at times, you know, it does resonate with me. Like, yeah. remember who you're training with right now, who you're teaching, yeah. who you're working yeah. with. And the same thing went for Van Damme, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, these are the guys you grow up watching. They're always going to have that special place because they're the reason you're there in, in a, that's the reason you're doing what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. everybody contributes, you know, even yeah. if it's one person, one movie that uh, sparked, everybody else had uh, some type of contribution, contribution to the electricity of it, you know, yeah. through their hard work, their blood, sweat, and tears on film that inspired you. So, you know, when I stand in front of them, you know, I feel like, well, it's my job to make sure you look great. You've built yeah. a strong reputation. So let me see what I can do to enhance it or give people what they expect with a little of my flavor on it. Dragon Fest. I want to talk about Michael Jai White. I know we mentioned him earlier. You guys are you're good friends, aren't you? You yeah, but yeah. you go you go like way back, don't you, to like when you first got to Hollywood, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, we had a funny uh yeah, we had a funny little interaction, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um no, I first met him uh when I was visiting LA when I was um still thinking about if this was what I was gonna do. And I met him at a Ghost Gym in North Hollywood, if I'm correct. Um, I said hi. Obviously, he was kind enough to speak back. We took a picture, you know, and I went back to my job, and I immediately hated my job because I didn't want to be there anymore. So I remember running to him again maybe uh, less than a year later, and uh, same Ghost Gym, and I believe at that time I happened to be in the mirror doing some katas or something uh, after one of my workouts like an idiot, you know, wrong place to be doing that, but I was doing it. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I guess Mike saw me and I wasn't doing it for him because I didn't know he was even there at the time. Okay. But 
I think he he said something about my horse stance or asked me about my style, and I was like, yeah, I'm Shotokan. And so he was like, what? Because that's one of Mike's favorite styles, you know? Yeah. And uh, we started talking, and I think something about competition came up, and some of the guys I fought or beat or whatever he knew and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, we should get together sometime. And I don't know who said it, whether it was him or me. We just kind of looked at each other, well, what you doing right now <laughs> you know so <laughs> so for some reason uh like two big kids i think we literally took a few uh there was a park like literally two minutes away so we went to that park and we're talking next thing you know we're sparring with each other and uh i'm like wow i'm sparring with tyson spawn right yeah. now you know like okay this is crazy and you know, and then it went from uh, the mutual tap, tap, tap to, okay, you got me in the ribs. Okay, that almost hit my face, <laughs> you know. So, um, but that was like, a guess as a martial arts, a mutual form of respect, because I do believe sometimes the best way you can know somebody is fighting them sometimes, mm. you know, and it's fun because then the respect opens up to the personality and who they are as a person. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, cut to a few years later through my journey of stunts. I worked on a few projects uh, as a stunt guy, and then eventually um, I started choreographing because even those projects, I would always contribute choreography, you know, to help yeah. out. No matter who the choreographer was, if we were friends, you know, then I would help out or throw a few ideas out, and it was always teamwork. Then eventually I just started choreographing some of his movies and the rest was history. You did uh, both of his Never Back Down sequels. I think, they're, they're, again, they're really underrated as well. Is um, You know, they're really authored as well by Mike. Like You can tell that that's his approach, that's his philosophy, that's how he sees the martial arts. I think they're, mm -hmm. they're great films. I mean, do you find it easy to work with him? I guess you're both coming from the same page on the martial arts front. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy because, you know, look, whether we butt heads on ideas or execution of things, that's all self-expression. Yeah. Know, uh, whether it's I want to try it this way, he wants to try it this way, we might talk it out and then decide, okay, well, yeah, you're right. Oh, okay, ah, I see your point now. And then we find, you know, a, a mutual compromise of how do we get this technique across because – we know he's very technical and I'm very technical too. And sometimes yeah. when you do those things, it could be the difference of a chop high to the neck or versus a chop high to the back of the neck. Like, no, let's go to the front of the neck. Nope, I want to hit it on the back of the neck. We never see that, you know? So, yeah. you know, and then we, we find a way to either meet in the middle. Okay, hit him in the front and hit him in the back. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, but other than that, you know, it's just like two people having fun at times, you know, when, um, you have great ideas. You just want them to be filmed and executed right. But over yeah. time, we have an understanding and a trust where he knows that if I walk away and I choreograph something, nine times out of 10, I'm probably going to come back with 70, 80% of something, you know, he likes, you yeah. know, maybe sometimes even stronger than that. And even if it's only 50%, at least, you know, we're halfway there to something we can agree on. You've done, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I could just go through your IMDb. I'm not going to do that. Don't worry. <laughs> there's definitely uh, uh, something we don't want to go through. Yeah. <laughs> But a movie like Ride Along, say, was a big mainstream hit movie. You know, that's, you know, a million miles away from, say, an undisputed film. Do you roughly go in, I guess, with the same, you know, approach that you, you would do? Or what are the big differences, would you say? Well, um, look, there is a difference because those people that do those type of films, they could care less about your kicky-punchy stuff. 
Yeah. It's about what can you do for my project? How can you make my project good, my action stand out? What creativity can you bring to this? And yeah. this is why I say you have to be well-versed in storytelling because yeah. if you don't tell good stories and you just depend on what's the coolest move, what's the hottest thing to do right now, then you're boxed in and you'll get uh, outed really fast, you know, yeah. concerning what you bring to the table each project. Uh, Ride Along was fun because obviously Kevin Hart was still coming up at the time before he yep. became this mega person and, you know, uh, and he was everywhere after that. Uh, Cube, it was cool to work with Cube because he's a legend, you know. Yeah. People forget about that. I think Cube is very underrated on what he's contributed to uh, to cinema. You know? Absolutely, so the idea yeah. of having those two together, man, you know, it was like a dream come true for me. And I yeah. had no clue. It was going to be such a mega hit the way it was for the budget. Yeah. I mean, the budget, I think, was less than $35 million or something like right. that. You know, and the idea of um, never doing a blockbuster movie like that. Well, it wouldn't be considered a blockbuster movie or doing a, a mid-sized film. And yeah. then for it to be number one to box office, uh, I think, four weeks in a row. That, yeah. was, that was insane. Now, um, yeah, it was a great experience um, for me learning how to work with what Kevin likes, what Cube likes. Cube was really cool. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to bring the fight stuff out for the finale uh, with uh, Lawrence Fishburne because, you know, no martial arts was involved. But at the same time, Cube was a cop. You know, Kevin had to have his funny business here and there. Of course, he added his ideas, you know, and I think it came together pretty well, man, you know, to say – that was my first time stepping up, I guess, with A-listers in uh, that aspect for a theatrical film. Look, I did it with Bunraku, but that was just a different feeling, you know, because um, that was still in the martial art realm. Yeah. This had nothing to do with martial arts, but they wanted that creativity and what can you bring to the table to make every character shine and stay within context of what they built on as far as story points throughout the movie. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a good experience. Do you like that kind of challenge if you're dealing with an actor who's, I don't know, you're starting from square one in in many ways? I mean, how do you approach that that kind of situation? Well, actually, I do love that challenge because um, it makes you... It's a blank canvas, isn't it, I guess? It is. It's a blank canvas, and at the same time... um, I think it makes you stronger for your next project as well. And you keep Mm. building upon it because, you know, at the end of the day, the audience is there to see those actors. They're not there to see the stunt double. They're not there to see your boys kicking and flipping and punching. And yes, it is great to have them and hire them and get them parts and have them be cast, but they're not on the posters. They're not in the trailers making people go, Ooh, most of the time it's the actor, Mm. you know? So, I like the challenge of getting those actors, transforming them, or giving them the confidence to look like a badass or an action star. And then you keep building upon that project after project, and you learn how to teach actors better and how to get more of what you want out of people faster. Ah! Uncle Yu, put more strength into it. Go beat him. I want to mention India as well quickly. I don't follow Indian cinema as well as I should do. But you were involved in Sultan, which is one of the highest grossing Indian films, I want to say, of all time. Yeah. I, it, it did very, it did very, very well. And you keep going back out there as well to work. So yeah. what do you like about working out there? Does it compare to Hollywood in any mm-hmm. in any way? Well, here's what I'll say. It's, it's a new experience. It's a different experience. And uh, I admire their passion, their commitment for their uh, Indian films. They take such pride 
in making sure that they take care of their actors, that their people look good. They try to do their best to tell great stories. And then, you know, I love the fact that they're open enough to bring in guys like myself or yeah. action specialists to enhance their market, enhance their, how they present things. But yes, they do have great guys there too who do action, create stunt coordinator as well. But what their directors do and their producers do is they know uh, what they want and they may see it elsewhere and go, I want that. I want that. That's what I want in my movie. And whatever that that is, they reach out and say, hey, we're a fan of yours. We like what you did in this. We want that for our film. And that's where things started with Sultan. But believe it or not, this is why I say, you know, everybody's path is different. You know, whether you do an Undisputed 3 or you go to do an Alter Carbon, big difference. One's a $3 million movie, maybe less. One's $150 million or more. Yeah. But the, the 2 to $3 million one is what got you a big budget one in India that yeah. went on to be, you know, one of the biggest blockbusters film there of all time. Because <laughs> what you did in that small movie, that's what they wanted in their big movie. Yeah. You know, so and that was a process for India, and um, they they give you time. They're open with you. You can create. Uh, they don't rush action at all. You know whether here they try to lock you into hard dates sometimes and saying, "Oh, you got two days for the sequence, or you got a day for the sequence." That's it. Good luck, India. They're like Larnell. How long do you need? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure, let's go for four days for this sequence. Okay, great, four days. And you're like, wow, I get, take, I get to take my time. I get to get all my inserts. I get to be technical. I get to try camera movements out. You know, so it's a great area to express yourself. When Sultan was such a hit, was that the kind of phone calls you were having? Was, can you do what you did yep. then? Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. But you know, do you I, find that that must be kind of frustrating in a way as well? I know as someone who wants to always be, you know, developing and challenging yourself as well. Oh, uh, no, because um, no. yeah. you, can, you can just say no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. That's it. I know. Thanks. But then I'm good. Yeah. Here's such and such, you know, try him. Let him go out and express himself. Yeah. Because it's like it's like saying uh, like in America, let's say you want an Oscar for something. Okay. And you, if you want an Oscar for that film, and now another studio wants to do a film like it, wait a second, I just want an Oscar for this. Why would I go yeah. do it again? You know, for a lesser time, lesser money, you know, et cetera, and more of a challenge to get the same product. I've been at a mountaintop or I've done it in such a, a cool way that I don't want to dilute what I accomplished before, you know? Yeah. So that's where you just have to be uh, conscious as a filmmaker. And yes, and, and look, other times... I might be like, you know what? It's fun. Let's go out there and go back there and have a little more fun, you know, yeah. and, and try things out again. But I do my best try not to be repetitive because I started falling into the MMA category for a while. And I wanted to sure. get out of that, you know, because once you do an Undisputed 3, you'll never back down. Yes, you know, you might have those uh, things where people can box you in, even if they're different, but yet the same. I'll change your eagle to a duck. You must have learned that by doing Altered Carbon, just how restricted you are in your days and how much you're expected to shoot. I mean, it's a heck of a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> what they expect on a, well, on a big is, TV it show. A like that. It is a lot. Yeah. Because on, on big TV shows and stuff, uh, they, 
they sometimes still have a TV schedule, even though they have feature film money and they have a feature film look, feature film budget. Yeah. But they still might give you a day and a half or two days for a sequence compared to a film. That one sequence might be a week. Uh, the best example I can give is um, the opening for Alter Carbon um, inside the apartment. You yeah. know, uh, I think we had I think we had three days for that. Right. So I think, I think proper time was given for that. And, that, and as you can see, you know, it, it paid off because that's a great sequence. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it brought you into the series of the world, what to expect before it became, you know, very, uh, you know, sci-fi. It was grounded yep. and gritty in the beginning. And the suits looked great. You know, everything came together. Now the edit, eh. I can't touch the edit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask about that. Do you, you I mean, obviously you can't, um, I guess that's the beauty of when you step up to directing, you can have a bit more, <laughs> a bit more say, yeah, I guess, maybe. You actually have a voice because yeah. here's what I would say to this. And, you know, and this is very key for anybody listening uh, concerning the stunt this process, the relationship with producers, directors, and studios, okay? Look, we are passionate about what we do. You're hired to do a job. You have a skill set. They're paying you for that skill set. But sometimes along the way, you got to understand that the way you express yourself and the way you would choose to have your edit seen and your action presented may not be the way the director sees it, the producer, mm-hmm. or the studio. Um, the more you become uh, prominent at what you do and in demand of what you do, rewarded with awards, accolades, or whatever, then your voice becomes louder yeah. in how you express yourself in your final product because what we can't continue to have is we can't continue to have amazing stunt biz and then the final product is not better than the stunt biz. Yeah. That's I mean, this is a thing and you see it, you see this time and time again. I mean, I've seen some of the previous stuff you've put on your Instagram and it's amazing. You don't necessarily have that say, do you, once it's edited, it's, it's out of your hands then, isn't it? Completely. It is so. it's out of your hands. And then, uh, look, I, I sincerely believe in this. Either you bring the stunt coordinator slash action director into the edit room, even if it's just for two days, Mm. to to say, hey, let me look at your assembly. Okay, got it. Let's change this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And let's find this. Because you can have a stunt viz and you can have an editor. That editor may not be an action editor. They may not have the eye to recognize, oh, yeah, 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 that punch did work. That kick was better. Yeah, I see the impact. And then when it comes together with your version, they go, ah, I see it now. But that's not a skill you can teach. That takes yeah. time to have that eye. But that's where you have to have patience. And that's where you have to say, hey, look, if my stunt viz is impressive and you guys like it and this is what you pay me for, let's try to keep this same momentum and build upon that on set yeah. and in post. So the fans don't go, oh, wait a second, why is the stunt viz better then this polished visual effect laid well-lit c- fancy camera but your previs in a gym with boxes looks better yeah. than this fancy set wait a second because yeah. that's you say it all the time yeah that's to yeah. me like saying hey come on producers you're putting out a lot of money let us do yeah. our job let's work together and let's find the best results of this so we all win it's not about ego. It's not about pride. It's about the final presentation, making sure the fans go, wow, you guys really care about the action instead of an editor over editing or producer having to put his fingers on something just to say he felt involved. This is yeah. not your area. 
you're not a fight person, okay? I know how to tell story. We have learned how to express ourselves through action. Trust us. This is what you pay us for. Let's go. Leave and I'll spare you for the sake of Buddha. I don't want any more killing! (laughs) It's hard to, to talk about what is the better presentation of action these days, okay? Things have changed, and I don't know exactly where things are going again, all right, at this moment. Because you get your John Wick franchise. John Wick doesn't do long takes. There's no reason to because it's shooting. It's uh, What I mean by long takes, no, they don't cut into it fast at all. You do see a lot of action within takes. But like the long, long masters of a lot of martial arts happening, you're not seeing that much anymore. And I'm not sure if the public even wants that anymore, okay? Because to me, three to five moves slam, three moves kick, four moves choke, two moves throw somebody through a window. That pace seems to be more relevant and prevalent now to me because you remember it more. If you do anything more than five to seven moves before a cut, nine times out of ten, you're going to forget what those five to seven moves were. Yeah. I'd rather give you action you're going to remember than over-choreograph something that you're literally going to forget, to be honest. Yeah. So I've kind of shifted a little myself in how I think my action and pace might be presented. If I can get ten moves in there and there are ten distinct things that really make you go, oh, shit, that was cool. I may go for it, but if I feel like I can get a stronger presentation with simply five to seven moves maximum before I have to cut and move on to something else, I'm fine with that. And I mean, those long takes, it's all well and good if you've got the actors there there that can do the moves, they can do it. You'll just kill your your cast otherwise. Yes, yes. I mean, look at it this way. Um, I'm not sure uh, how did it it do uh, financial-wise, but uh, oh boy. When that was done yeah. over, you know, JJ is amazing, you know, at yeah. what he does. And he had a rock, rock star crew, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, you want to make sure that what you're putting out, people remember. And uh, I don't know if anybody really appreciates all the hard work that went into that one and how hard Josh Brolin worked on it and, and how yeah. there was a precedence already set from the original one that everybody loved. And when you're trying to do something over, do the American version I hear it and I understand like why are they fucking things up? Why are they want to mess mm-hmm. with this? Why they want to you know you know uh, damage a classic? Trust me, when I got called for the raid remake, I was like, Ugh. Yeah. okay, oh boy, all right, this gonna make or break me. Now yeah. it went through a lot, lot of different things before it eventually went away and went to other people, but you know I definitely felt the same about the long takes and giving people more for the action, but without knowing who the actors were going to be, then it's like, eh, maybe we go for quick and brutal versus yeah. long, long technical, you know, short style. I show my style. That's a tricky franchise to jump into and to, it, it to take on, isn't it? Yeah. What a lot of people realize, and I think, you know, 87 was one of the ones that implemented a similar system. Yeah. Gareth was very smart about it. He Mm -hmm. chose martial artists that can act. Or he chose people who were willing to learn how to act, who were proficient martial artists. So now the martial arts aspect was something you didn't have to worry about. As to where the American remakes, that's the main thing you're going to be concerned with because nine times out of ten, 
people are going to be cast who have no clue of how mm. to do these type of action sequences, but they might be amazing action actors in a sense of physicality. So yeah. this is where you got to hope producers understand and give you possibly a three month boot camp with these actors before they even start learning choreography. Mm. Because it's going to save you time on set, it's going to save you injuries. You're also going to be able to shoot faster and you're going to get a better final product because you didn't cut down the training process. It's yeah. one of these type of films. You can't just throw somebody in there for six weeks. Hopefully they get some abs and a good front kick and one good punch. You know, it takes time. Yeah. This is what you truly want, you know, to say, hey, are you trying to, you know, make something really unique and memorable? Or are you just trying to cash in an IP? You know, yeah. um, but that was going to be my approach that the actors were going to do at least a 10 week boot camp, you know, to get them into a decent shape of uh, presenting the martial arts in a believable sense, because I didn't want to stunt double much at all. Have you ever had that situation where, you know, you've been called in to train an actor and they're just not playing ball or they're just in their trailer and they're not uh, willing to put in the time to commit to it? And if so, how do you go about working around a situation like that? Well, if anything, you want to make sure you develop a relationship with them and make them understand that, hey, this is your reputation on the line. Sure. This is how the audience is going to view you. You know, we're both going to get paid. We're both going to walk away from this and move on to other projects. But, you know, we can't get this time back. So let's put our best foot forward. Let's do the best we can. And the only thing I can do from my end is make it feel like, okay, we could have got this in three takes, but you didn't want to train. Okay, back to one. Here we go. Take 12. Let's go. <laughs> Ah, see what happens when you train, see what happens when you listen, see what happens when you put in some effort. You wouldn't be on set all day doing 10 or 12 takes. I could yeah. do three, move on, because you knew where to go. You knew the camera angle. You were crisp. You were sharp. You looked believable. You looked like a badass. Mm. But nah, you wanted to cancel rehearsal. You wanted to half-ass it. You wanted to fake it. You thought you could just mimic the stunt biz. Okay, back to one. Take 15. Let's go. Yeah. All right? And now the crew everybody in the audience is seeing your lack of commitment right now so that's mm -hmm. where the respect you hope to gain by doing this type of film goes out the door these actors represent your brand yeah. you know when they're on trailers and when they're kicking and punching and what the fans say so that's why we take it very serious when we get people who commit and just as serious on people who half-ass Joel Kinnaman looked like he committed. <laughs> he was fully oh, yeah. in. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joel's a rock star, man. Uh, yeah. He committed from day one, dead serious in every aspect, delivered, you know, so happy for him at the end of the day. And uh, to me, he was, I, I want to say he was probably the heart and soul of season one. Yeah. You know, um, something about him, his presence and what he brought to the table it really made me believe the character, you know, yeah. that he had this experience, this intelligence, was a step ahead of people, been through some things. He did an amazing job. Do you enjoy working in television? I mean, is that is that an area that you think you'll stick to? I mean, there's a lot of work out there, it seems. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of, like, action shows. There, there, is, there is a lot of work and a lot of action shows. Um, yeah. My direction for me right now is um, I want to go – Anywhere that builds momentum, you know, nothing that would be considered a step backwards. And I know people can say, well, if you're directing, it's all momentum, right? Yeah, that is true to a certain extent. But 
Um, you want to be a part of things that people go, wow, you were behind that. Oh, wow, that's cool. Because the impression and expectation gains more respect and a new avenue and a new title, you know. So yeah. if I do kicky, punchy stuff, then it might limit me. But if you hear, oh, Larnell's doing Jack Ryan. Wait, Jack Ryan? Oh, shit. I can't wait to see what he does with that. Or if they have any fights in that, what is he going to do? That's what I want, you know. Or or if I get a hold of an episode of The Boys or something, you know, where it's like, oh, man, if they have any action in that, I'm curious to see what he would do with the, you know, people that deliver the action on that, too. You know, because it's all teamwork. For me right now, I just want to be part of the coolest things, the hottest things right now instead of just saying I'm working because I don't want to get stuck in TV too long because I do have some feature films that I definitely would love to get out there and express myself behind some original uh, things I've created. And also there's some IP properties I would love to go after and uh, put my name on and hopefully deliver something fresh and new. Well, Larnell, I always look out for your action and I think you're one of the best in the in the business. It's just absolutely killing it. So you take care and best of luck with the uh, filming of the third season there and working around all this sort of crazy time we're living through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, it's going to be a challenge, but you know, we have a great crew, great cast. Everybody's yeah. happy to be back. And uh, yeah, we're anxious to get back and uh, get back into this world and get a fan something they hopefully will enjoy. That's great. You take care. Awesome. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Larnell Stovall there. So cool to chat to Larnell. I do hope you enjoyed that. Larnell's such a talented, creative action designer and stunt coordinator. What an awesome resume as well. So many great fight films. And you can do a lot worse than actually going on a Larnell Stovall themed binge watch if you are looking for some decent fight films to catch up on. Plenty of great movies in his IMDb there. We very much look forward to seeing not only what he conjures up for Titans Season 3, but also some of those exciting directing projects that he does have in the pipeline. We will, of course keep you all updated on all the latest developments in Larnell's world you can of course follow Larnell via Instagram his name on Instagram is Stovall Action Design and he is on Twitter at AlStovall123 and he is also on Facebook at Larnell.Stovall Okay, that is just about it from me for today. A huge thank you, of course, to Larnell for taking part in today's episode. And a huge thank you to you, the loyal Foo follower who has made it all the way to the very end of this episode. Thank you all so much. As I said earlier, we will be wrapping up Season 5 of the show probably within the next month or so. It has been a very busy year for the show and we've had some really awesome guests on this season every year we do this it is always such a great and humbling experience to get the high caliber of guests that we do manage to get on this show it is really cool and i do hope you have enjoyed listening to the episodes in this season so far i will be here again in two weeks time for another new episode of the show in the meantime do take care stay safe stay well and i will speak to you all again very soon on the kung fu movie guy podcast bye for now
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.